We are still at it celebrating one year of the Nourished Mom podcast. To celebrate, we are playing the top downloaded episodes of the year. This one comes in at number three. It's all about your relationship with God, why it's a necessity. We talk a little bit about the other nourished necessities, which are just the things we should be building healthy habits around. And we talk about five steps to create habits that are going to fulfill your life. So grab a pen and paper and let's dig in. Mama, welcome to the Nurse Mom Podcast, where you're going to learn how to ditch the mom stress through renewed mindsets, healthy habits, and balanced nutrition. God is calling you to a life of peace, joy, and rest, even during this crazy season when kids are tugging at your legs, you can't get a minute to yourself, and you feel like you have a million things to do. So if you are ready to leave the stress and busyness behind and step into the goodness that God has for you and your family, then you are in the right place. So set those kiddos up with some Legos, some Play-Doh, or whatever is going to keep them engaged for the next 20 minutes while we dig into today's show. Let's do it. Hey ladies, thank you for joining me on another episode of the Nourish Mom podcast. My name is Brandy Coffin. I am your host. And um, today we are talking about the nourished necessities and how we can actually make them a priority in our life by using the science behind how to create habits. And um, you might be asking, okay, hold up, what is a nourished necessity? So with the nourished necessity, as a nourished mom, we use the term nourished necessity for the foundational things that, that we really need to fill us up, right? The things that give us energy, both physical and spiritual. Number one, our relationship with God. Number two, our relationships with others. Number three, our physical health. Number four, our mindset, emotional and mental health. And number five, rest and recharge. So why should we focus on the nourished necessities, right? There are so many things that we can focus on because we want to follow God's word. We trust that his plan is good and that what he says is good. And he tells us that the number one most important thing in Matthew twenty two thirty seven is to love the Lord your God, our relationship with God. And the number two is to love others as ourselves. So right there, God is telling us that the most important things are our relationship with him and others. And then he tells us that our body is a temple, that we need to honor him through it. Um, He tells us to renew our minds with his word, our mindset. And he is the one that created rest for us and tells us to rest in him. So these are the things that we're going to focus on because we trust that his plan is good. And it can be hard because it doesn't always go with worldly wisdom, right? The world tells us, Lots of things, but um, um, you're a good mom if your house is always clean or your kids are in all of the best activities or whatever it may be. There are standards that the world tries to hold us to. And I mean, you can just jump on Facebook and Instagram and be consumed by this. So it's hard to sometimes step aside and be like, you know, I, I'm going to 
not put that first. Those things are not what's most important to me because I'm going to focus on what God says as is important because those worldly things don't satisfy. I mean, how often do we spend all of our day cleaning the house and it feels good for two seconds and then we turn around and it's all messy again? I mean, how many of you can relate to that? Like that right there is my life. Um, We are home because we homeschool. And if I spent the day trying to keep up with the messes that are made, it would literally be impossible. And I would spend my whole day cleaning. And then I would be unsatisfied because I wouldn't get anything else done. God tells us to put certain things first because he knows that those are the things that are going to fill us up. Those are the things that we were created for. Isaiah 55 two says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? And that verse just keeps speaking to me because I see it in my own life and I see it in my friends' lives and so many other moms that we are spending our energy in things that don't satisfy. We are, we are trying to be the best worldly mom when God's over here inviting us to a better way. It says, if you read on, listen diligently diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live. We want life. We want what is good, but we're over here chasing other things. Why? It's such a struggle to put the things that are most important first, because Satan wants us distracted. He wants us to fill our schedules so tight that there's no room for God and there's no room for the things that are most important. So what do we do? Well, I'm going to help you create an intentional plan and a strategy to help you put the most important things first. And we're going to start with the number one thing that's going to recharge you, your relationship with God. A lot of what I teach revolves around creating healthy habits. But why habits? Guys, habits are awesome because they make life easier. So when you form habits, your brain converts a sequence of actions into an automatic routine. And that means that you no longer have to think about it. You don't have to decide. So you don't have to decide between reading the Bible or doing your dishes because it's already a habit. It's already what you do. And I don't know if you guys have heard of decision fatigue, um, but it's the idea that we are faced with so many decisions every day and decisions take energy. And sometimes we have so many decisions that we kind of just, we're exhausted from all the decisions. And sometimes we just shut down. We like literally can't make any more decisions. And I'll tell you the truth. Sometimes that is how I feel as a mom. Like when my kids ask me for the 400th time, if they can have a sugary snack, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, whatever, have a sugary snack because I can't make a decision anymore. Like I probably should say no, but I can't make any more decisions about sugary snacks, man. Um, but anyway, so decision fatigue. So by having habits, it lessens the amount of decisions you have to make each day, which gives your brain more energy to focus on the other things. 
Another awesome thing about habits is that when you stack them together and create a routine, you not only don't have to make a decision about Bible reading or spending time with God, but you actually know that you're going to have time to do the dishes later too because it's part of your routine. It's awesome. I love it. Okay, so let's talk about the science behind habits. Habits happen in a three-step loop. You have a cue a routine, and a reward. So the cue is what tells your brain to go into automatic mode, right? So you go into the bathroom to brush your teeth. You don't have to think about putting toothpaste on the toothbrush. It's just something that you automatically do. And you can think about all the other things while you're brushing your teeth. When you put your car into reverse to pull out of your driveway, you don't really have to think about, okay, first I put my car in reverse, then I put my foot on the gas. You don't have to think about that. It's an automatic routine, and that gives you the energy and the capacity to think about other things or to talk to your kids in the back seat. So you have the cue, then you have the routine, and then you have a reward. So this is what keeps our habits going. Our reward for brushing our teeth is that our mouth feels clean. And the interesting note is that back when, I think maybe like the 1930s, or I can't remember the exact time period, but people were not in a habit of brushing their teeth. And there were people that wanted to start marketing toothpaste and they thought it was a great idea because I guess tooth decay was considered like a national problem. And so how, how could toothpaste not be, to, be a good idea to get people to remove plaque from their teeth? But when they went to sell it, people would buy it, but then they wouldn't buy it again because they didn't understand the reward. But when they added the ingredients that made the toothpaste tingly, that's when people started continuing to buy it and it became a habit that everyone does because the reward was the tingly feeling that you had after you brushed your teeth. So interesting. So sometimes the reward isn't so obvious, like backing up out of your driveway, like what's the reward? But but actually there is a reward that we get out of our driveway safely and we get to where we're going, right? That's the reward. And we're going to talk more about the reward in just a minute. But first, let's think, what kinds of habits and routines will nourish our relationship with God? Things like studying God's word, right? Psalm 119.11 says, God's word is a lamp onto my feet. Listening to God, learning how to quiet our minds and listen to what he's telling us. Praise and worship and gratitude, making that a regular habit. Um, prayer, just talking to God. These are all healthy habits that you could create that will nourish your relationship with God. So I want to give you an example from my life. So my Bible study is a regular habit. And what is my cue? So my cue is I do it on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. But the cue has to be much more specific than that, right? So for me, it happens right after my morning time with my kids. We wake up in the morning, we play games, and then we do a Bible study. And the cue is pretty specific because it's kind of right at the end of our Bible study. You know, we're chatting, we're praying, and then they start to lose focus. And the cue is actually them losing focus, I think. And that's when I'll just open up my own Bible study and jump in and they're starting to play their own thing. So that's my cue. So what's my routine? So my routine is um, I pretty much loosely follow the inductive study method. Um, so prayer, I start with prayer, observation, 
I look at the keywords in the passage, who wrote it, what's it about, where does it take place? And then I um, try to interpret it, right? So I define keywords, I look up cross-references in scripture, and then I try to gain insight, like what do I think about it? What does it mean to me? And then I look up commentaries on it. What, is, what do other scholars say about it? And if you're wanting to get into a routine, I think I really enjoy the inductive Bible study method and it helps you to follow, like have a strategy of what you're actually doing when you're studying. So it gives you a good routine to follow. And I've actually made a bookmark a while back for myself and I'd be happy to share it with you guys. And it just, it lists out the methods so you can put it in your Bible and kind of follow the steps as you're creating your own new habit and routine. And I will link that to the show notes. Okay, so I have my cue, I have my routine, and then what's my reward? Well, ideally, the reward would be an intrinsic reward. So I'm intrinsically motivated, which just means that I'm motivated just by the inherent value and benefits that I get from doing a thing, right? I know that reading my Bible is going to fill me with God's wisdom and give me hope and, and just help me through my day, and that would be my reward. But sometimes we're not intrinsically motivated and we need a little extra push. And that's where an extrinsic motivation comes in. And that's doing something for a reward. So like an outward reward. Um, Like recently I've started a reward system with my kids and they're getting tickets when they are able to complete certain tasks without fighting or when by working on a team. They're earning an extrinsic reward, right? The intrinsic reward would be, okay, doing the task in itself is good because you're helping the family and it's keeping the house clean and you're growing your relationship with your brother or whatever it might be. Those are the intrinsic rewards, but they need a little extra push. They need a little red ticket to stay motivated and that's okay. And sometimes we are the same way. Sometimes we need a little something extra to help us stay motivated and stay with a healthy habit. So for example, with your Bible study, if you're having a hard time staying with it, what can you use as a reward? What about your coffee? If you enjoy your morning coffee, decide that you're only going to have your coffee with your Bible study. So now you're having an extrinsic reward that motivates you to do your Bible study because you can't have that coffee until you sit down and do the Bible study. So you decide if you need an extrinsic reward. Maybe the intrinsic reward is motivation for you enough. Like for my praise and worship in the morning, my cue is breakfast. Every morning I sit down for breakfast and I throw on my headphones. This is my routine. I throw on my headphones. I have my kids set up with veggie tails and I listen to music. I pray, I sing, I journal. And the reward is so natural. I don't need an extrinsic reward. I don't need another push because the energy that I get from that really sustains me through my day and I look forward to it every morning. So you might not need an extrinsic extrinsic reward. But if you do, that's okay. Use it. Pick a reward and let it motivate you and let it help you set up this good, healthy habit. What are some other ideas? You could, um, I love chocolate. You could have a piece of chocolate when you're doing your Bible study in the evening and let that be the time of day that you get rewarded with that little snack. Um, I like to have my tea with my Bible study in the evening. 
But you have to know what works for you, right? You're the one that knows what kinds of things you're motivated by. Maybe you hate chocolate. I don't know. But think about it. What would motivate you and how can you use that as a reward to link it to your time with God? And eventually, this reward is not going to mean anything to you compared to the benefits you're going to realize by putting this time in with God and spending time with him because the rewards are so much more amazing than a piece of chocolate and a cup of coffee. I promise you. Okay, ladies, to wrap it up, here is your strategic plan. This is going to help you actually do the thing and get it done. So grab a piece of paper and a pen. Number one, you're going to choose a new habit that you want to start this week that will help you nourish your relationship with God. Number two, you need to decide what your cue is going to be. So be specific. Choose the day of the week. Choose the timing. Choose exactly what's going to happen. Is it going to be when you sit down for breakfast? Is it going to be when you have your coffee? Is it going to be when you drop your kids off at the babysitters? Whatever it is, choose a very specific cue. Number three, plan your routine. And be prepared. If you are going to start a Bible study and you want to use the inductive Bible study method, grab that um, bookmark. Oh my gosh, I couldn't think of the word, guys. Grab the bookmark that I have for you so you can follow along. You have that routine right in front of you. If you're going to start a worship um, habit, then what's your routine going to be? Do you need to grab some headphones? Do you need to have your computer ready? What do you need to be ready and what are you going to do specifically? And then after you set up your routine, what is your reward? Is it going to be intrinsic or is it going to be extrinsic? If it's going to be extrinsic, you need to decide what it is and you need to have the reward ready. And then number five is accountability. So, so many of us do way better when we have someone holding us accountable. So hop on over into my Facebook group um, where you're going to meet a bunch of other moms who are on this journey with you and we can hold each other accountable. I will link the Facebook group in the show notes below. It's just the Nourished Moms community on Facebook. And that's it. You are now set up with a plan that is going to help you nourish the number one thing that will recharge you and bring you energy. So get to it. Ladies, thank you for joining me today. And I just pray that God blesses you this week. And until next time. Real quick before you go, if this podcast blessed you or inspired you in any way, could you please take a minute to write a review on Apple Podcast? Writing a review is the number one way that you can help me to reach more moms just like you. And reading your reviews truly inspires me and encourages me to keep doing this work. Also, don't forget to connect with other like-minded mamas in our Facebook community so that we can encourage and uplift each other on this journey. The link to the Facebook group is in the show notes. Thank you for listening and may your heart overflow with God's peace and love. God bless.